Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson. I'm here tonight with my co-host, Hugues Levadier. If you like us, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can like us, follow us, or DM us at Alexander Stevenson and at Ooglevadier. Ask us some tennis questions or fashion or movies. We might answer. Hi, Oogie. How are you? Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. We're back again. Another episode. Yep. That's it. And guess what? What? It's the French Open. That's right. It started right. today. It's starting, huh? French yep. Open, Paris, nice weather over there. People are chilling. Already some drama, you know, between Sabalenka and Kostyuk today, not shaking hands, a little Ukrainian. Ah, a lot Belarusian. Of yep. So, yep. well, Kostyuk, Sabalenka was ready for it because Kostyuk has been doing it all last yep. year and this year. And obviously, it's a personal choice. She's Ukrainian. She should. Mm-hmm be able to not shake hands with a Russian, Belarusian. Hey, even she might even not shake hands with an American soon. (laughs) She had lots to say in the media about that. And Sarenko's another uh, Ukrainian that hasn't shaken hands before. And remember in Indian Wells, Donna Vekic played Sarenko. And Donna Vekic didn't shake Sarenko's hand because she thought she was having antics in the third set. And playing possum kind of and then Sarenko came back and won and beat Vekic and Vekic was like I'm not shaking your hand and Vekic got in trouble for it so Hmm. a little different Vekic is not Ukrainian she's Croatian and Kostyuk is Ukrainian and I don't know if the all the French crowd that booed her today understood why she wasn't shaking her hand you're right I mean they probably didn't because they were just on her side for yeah, the beginning of the match. They were cheering but, for her. Exactly. And then suddenly Sabalenka, you know, she won the match pretty easily. And then she was about to shake hand, but Kostyuk just went straight to the chair for yeah. the umpire and shake her hand. And then she just took off on her side, got her stuff, and, and then she walked off and she got booed for it because people in France are like, What are you doing? You have to shake Sabalenka's hand. It's yeah, just poor sportsmanship. In tennis, that's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I understand, of course, because she was saying in the uh, press conference after, you know, her parents were there and they had to move. And it was, you know, of course, we understand that's so troubling. Yeah. I mean, and if she doesn't just... want to shake her hand, then don't shake her hand. Yeah. I mean, we can understand that. But, uh, you know, on the other side is you have to understand that Sabalenka did absolutely nothing for that. And yes. She said she's again, just from Belarusia. So. Exactly. And she said in the press conference afterwards that she is against war and a lot of people, if not all the players are against that. And, you know, how can you not be against war? Come on, they have to. And the conflict is still going on and not a whole lot of light. So it's kind of a dark. Yeah, you know, it's dark a tough situation. That. And yeah. hey, I see both sides. I can't even imagine being Ukrainian right now and what they're going through. And yeah. hey, I might not want to shake some girl's hand either. But in tennis, it's such a big sportsmanship thing. It's hard to to see it. I've done it maybe once or twice where I felt the girl didn't deserve a handshake. <laughs> or you give the <laughs> or it on the women's side, Ugi, you know you give the limp handshake. That's a thing. It's or like- it, I've never given a, given a limp handshake, 
but I have squeezed a limp handshake. That's the worst. When like somebody gives you a fish hand and then you just squeeze it because you're like, why are you giving me a fish hand? That's terrible. Just shake my hand. That's right. Actually, Benchich and uh, Vekic did a little thing on Instagram where they did a guy's handshake versus a woman's handshake. It was pretty funny. And they got oh, it. Yeah. They got it down to the T with the fish oh. hand. And then they got the guys like high-fiving and holding <laughs> on right. and, and then giving a hug. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guys are more like – Let's do it. And then, yeah, you know, because so. you just end up a fight for tennis. You know, it's just, you, you give everything, you win, you lose. It's, there's respect there. So they just handshake. Yeah. At the end like of the day, it'd be nice and... to have respect and get off the court. But sometimes that doesn't happen, as we saw today, right? You're right. So uh, I, that's what's going on. And we'll have to see about that and see how the WTA would react. Perhaps there might be some, you know, some advice from, from the yeah, higher place. And, you know? and I don't know what their stance on is. I think with the handshake, I think they're just letting it go right now yeah. because the Ukrainians yeah. still want their voice out there and mm -hmm. they're not happy with that the Russians and Belarusians are still playing on the tour. But that's a whole nother podcast, Oogie. I so know. We got to talk about Sabalenka. Hey, got... she, she didn't yeah. get her hand shaken, but she did win pretty easily for her first round. She was fabulous. So we got her, uh, you know, she's she's banging balls around and she's playing her game. So that's, you know, clay, no clay. She plays her game. And yeah, that's she does. All and, there's to it. and that's so important. And we're going to talk about that in a couple seconds because that's right. What you just said, play your game on clay. That's really hard to do for a hard court player transferring to clay. And we saw that today with Ben Shelton. You're right. And I tough, love huh? Ben Shelton and he's been the fan favorite and the lefty serve and his game is so fun to watch. And then all of a sudden you're watching him today and he's like out of the TV screen. Uh, you it couldn't even find there. him. Yeah, he was being passed where Medvedev returns. And then Jeez. he's then he's trying to serve a volley. He just, I felt for him because I felt like that when I went on the red clay. <laughs> And he just was trying to find his game, but he didn't find it. And then he was trying to become Sonego, like a clay quarter. He just yeah. didn't, he, he couldn't figure it out. And of course, he's so new. He just yeah. got a passport for Australian Open this year. We can't forget that. And That's how many right. times has this guy played on red clay? Three? It's so Not tough many. for that transition. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so hard. It's that's what people have to to realize that it's a different surface. It yes. just, it slips so much. I mean, that's, for me, that's the biggest difference because when you play hard courts, your feet are really stick on the ground. So you feel the ground all the time and you feel stable. And whenever you hit a shot, you can set your feet into the ground and use that ground to hit, to hit those balls, those groundies. And then you can spin it or flat it, but it's all good because you feel the ground. Now, if you transition to the, let's say the gray clay in North America, which is not as slippery as in Europe, the red the hard clay. hard true. So yeah, the hard true, it's gray clay. Yeah, the green green clay hard, hard true. It's, you can settle your feet in and then you don't slip as much when you hit the ball. So you're stickier. kind of in between. You're in between. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't even slip that much on the ground. You don't slide because it's so humid and thicker. And then you get to the red clay in Europe. And that's a different ball game right there because as soon as you have some sport of speed, you're going to slip. 
Yes. You're going to slide. And then you need to learn how to hit when sliding. I think that's the biggest North American thing yeah, you have to learning learn. learning to hit when sliding. Exactly. And, and I feel like what's so important watching Ben Shelton and the experience that I had playing on red clay, I even went to Emilio Sanchez's academy for two weeks, one clay season to try and train. And he brought me his great little guru named Angel. And Angel used to tell me to follow the ball, follow the ball and, and like okay, slide. And I don't know, I, I kind of <laughs> didn't really know at that. I think I was 20 years old. I was like, okay, I'm following the ball. <laughs> <laughs> See, sure Ugi, I needed you over ball. on the clay. So that was his big thing. Follow the ball. And, and I go, okay, I'm following the ball. I yeah, still do don't know how to play on clay. And he's like, okay, we got to stand 10 feet back. So that's why I felt for Ben Shelton today because wow. I tried to play 10 feet back and it did not work. And then I was trying to follow the ball. Instead of doing what I picked out three players, Andre Agassi, Maria Sharapova, yeah. and Mary Pierce. Yeah. all big hitting hardcore players who went to the clay figured out their movement mm -hmm. and their physical their physical training yeah and played their game added a little more spin and just played the way they knew how to play tennis and they won the french open that's right right and that's you said it you said it because let's pick agassi for example agassi I mean, I think it's the the guy who who would stand the closest to the baseline yes. on hard courts. You know, he would hit returns, winner of on the rise, and then yep. he would rally with whoever was playing at that time. And even today, I think he could rally with all the guys <laughs> because he would oh, he was just so quick, sure. quick feet mm -hmm. and hit on the on the rise, like really close to the baseline. So, how do you translate that to the red clay in Europe? That's that's tough because for him. He, he must have thought about it and say, okay, am I going to stand back or am I going to stay here? And for sure, he was not going to go back because his no. game, his, his natural game is to stay close to the baseline. Now, he had to put more spin on the ball for sure mm -hmm. and maybe go a couple of feet backwards, but that's it. He was not going to stand no. 25 feet from the baseline. And either. the 1999 French Open, he won in five sets against another Medvedev. Now they're not related, but this was Andre Medvedev. Yeah, and I remember right. watching that before I went to Wimbledon because I wasn't I think I was already out. I was I wasn't at the French Open. Actually, I gave up the French Open for my prom. So I was at home in San Diego. That's right. That's the one you graduated. Yes. I graduated high school. high school and then I went well, I went to prom, <laughs> did my play, and graduated high school. So I wasn't I was in the French, but I didn't go. And then your beautiful story kept on going yes. because you went to the Wimbledon, I went you to qualified Wimbledon. in and you lost to the semis. But that match, wow. I remember watching Andre win on the clay and what you just said, he was on the baseline. He might've given himself some more room, added a little more spin, yeah. but he played his game. You're right. It's so important to do that. And so then you look because, at Maria Sharapova who won twice, mm -hmm. but she had Thomas Hodgstead really good German coach, and he helped her figure out how to train to win on the clay. And it yep. gave her a little more time for her ground strokes, and it just worked. And then you look at Mary Pierce, hardcore player, right? Even though she's <laughs> French via Canada, via mm -hmm. America, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Her mom's yeah, French-Canadian. <laughs> but yeah, she, she came in and played Mary Pierce-style tennis on a clay court. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's possible. Flat. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's possible. Yep. And and of course, Serena Williams, she won the French playing her game. Yeah, for sure. She did not hit more topspin on her forehand. Let me tell you that much. No, she, <laughs> she would but hit she, the ball. But the movement, Oogie. So yeah. I feel like when I went to the clay, what was missing was learning how to move correct. Like on hell, good old on hell mm-hmm. was telling me to follow the ball. But I felt like maybe he should have told me like, load my legs more, widen my base, yeah. slide into it. That that was yeah. what I was missing. I was just trying to follow the ball and run and look for it instead of using your legs like a chessboard on the clay, which is You're what right. young Ben Shelton needs to go learn. That's right. I mean, I mean, let's say Ben, for example, he needs to play his game, his hardcore game from the baseline, because let's not kid ourselves. He's not going to win the French Open by serving and volleying. I mean, no. that was just him not knowing what to do and he was panicking. Although one more person, Yannick Noah, my one of my fantasy coaches, he did win. Now he yeah. played his game. Mm-hmm. And his game was serve volley, right? Serve volley, mix but it up. Mix it life. up. But he figured yeah. out how to play on that clay and, and win the French Open, which is amazing. But back then, to not to say that. It's a little different. I know. It was different because the, yes, the pace of rally pace, was yes, the string. so much. But, yeah. but he's another one it's that failed. played his game and won on it. So it's possible right. to do it. We've mm-hmm. seen it. Now, I'm not saying Ben's going to go win the French but maybe next year he'll come back. He's lefty. That's a, an advantage. Look how exactly. many. Look who's won the French Open the last fourteen years. Jeez, unbelievable. A lefty. Yeah. Now I mean, we gotta bring example. him up, Mr. Rafael Nadal. Unfortunately, is injured and not in the tournament. Yeah. But he's another one. He came in as a clay quarter on the tour. So mm-hmm. he he reversed what we're talking about. He played his clay court game and then figured out how to take it to the grass in the hard court. Yeah, which that's is exactly it. Why he's become such a huge greatest of all time champion, 22 yeah. grand slams. But he there was a transition where he had to learn how to do that. You're right. I mean, he had to learn how to hit a little bit lower above the net, of course, because of, you know, the hard courts and mm-hmm. especially grass. You have to keep the ball much lower because the ball you're receiving is mm-hmm. foot from the ground. And his serve, he, he, you know, he's, he, he added some flat serves a week or two weeks before one U.S. Open. I mean, I, a couple of years back, he's like, okay, I'm not serving flat enough, hard enough, so I'm going to work on my serve two weeks before the, so see, the U.S. Open. So see, you can always adjust big. your game no matter what. Grand Slam yeah. winner, club player, junior tennis player, college player. There's always little technical mm-hmm. or strategic adjustments to make. Yeah, there are. And that's you always have as a player and as a coach now, we have to make sure that we see the big picture of a player and say, okay, we need to improve that, 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 that. So let's work on this one because it's much more important and it's going to give you more, you know, points and, you know, uh, you know, wins. And then in the you know, the longest run, you can still see that, okay, that serve is going to be bigger and it's, oh, that kick serve needs to be, you know, we can see those things. And that's where the coach is really important because that's what, we have this pyramid we're building a player and then we're at the certain levels and then we keep on going up, going up. And yeah, then and you keep the... growing. And, and yeah. with the technology now, it makes it a little easier on the tour because you can go get stats and you can see, 
the what yeah. Watson, IBM Watson says, and You're right. the, the miles per hour, the arc on the ball, the slice on the ball, you can see the percentages. And then it's just amazing. The players can go take that on the practice court and work on it. You're right. I mean, it's so important right now. And, uh, you're right. And just to go back to Nadal with his adjustments, I mean, like his volleys, he would never come up to the net when he was starting his I'm so glad you career. said volleys. Seriously, because he would never come up. How out. do you think I mean, he won Wimbledon 2008, yeah. the, the amazing match against, I mean, Federer. against Federer? I mean, he was volleying. And, and then he came in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He added volleys to his game, like literally, because yeah. he wouldn't, I mean, while playing had, like, on the tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm going to get ready to win Wimbledon, so I need to work on some volleys and then some flatter serves. And I mean, wow, this guy was already like almost number one in the world and was still thinking about adjusting adjustments to make before a certain tournaments, yes. and especially the major. So his game would fit well. And we saw in the, the Australian Open, like his net height was four to five feet above the net. Mm -hmm. That's pretty high for uh for ATP players. I mean, and even WTAs. I mean, you don't see that. You see it's more two, three feet, you know, yeah. Federer, Federer and and Murray had those stats and it was two to three feet. And then you see Nadal four to five feet just going yeah, up. Going and for it. So whenever that top spin forehand was coming up a little higher and it it would kick closer to the baseline, would go up and players would have a lot of troubles to rally with him. So he always used that. Yeah. So we're going to yes. miss that for sure. This, we're going to miss this, seeing yeah. that this French, but you know what? There's a lot of interesting setups. And so we got to go into some of the first rounds we saw Hatchinoff mm -hmm. get through and five. He was almost out of it. Sitsipas had a little Same struggle, thing. but he got through it. He, mm -hmm. he got through. Nice to see Seb quarterback. He's healthy. Yeah. You've got, um, I've got some some good story about Pagula the French guy one named, today. You know Pagula, what? The, the French, Mujova, who's the yeah. French guy that you picked? L I mean, Luca Pouille, a big story there. Yeah, Pouille. Huh? Yeah, Luca had a, a, you know, he was top 10 in the world and had a breakdown mentally and uh, was struggling for three years. And now he qualified in and he won the, today in three sets. Straighter, yeah, straight, straight, straight sets. So he's, and you know, he cried. You know what I like? I listened a little bit and when um isner lost today the guy mm -hmm. that beat oh, isner seven six and the fifth yeah but this guy had been challengers and Bor borges yeah from, from portugal, portugal. Yeah. and he mm -hmm. was crying kind of like lucas Puy. and yeah. it was so nice that jim courier said you know what you don't have to win the grand slam to win at the majors yep. so borges Nobody's going to pick him to win the French Open, right? But he mm -hmm. won today. He's a champion. He's yeah. a champion. So you can still be a champion without being the champion. And of I course. really like that Jim Courier, who is a Grand Slam champion, said that because a lot of the times in our society and in the tennis world, it gets lost in translation that yeah. we as players are working so hard out there and putting our blood, sweat, and tears and to win a main draw of a Grand Slam, you feel like a champion. Whether you win the first round, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, semis, finals, I mean, obviously it'd be amazing to win it. But mm -hmm. everybody is a champion in their own right just from the hard work they're putting in. And I feel like that gets lost sometimes, especially in the tennis world. You just look at the winners 
and you don't realize the effort that it takes to get there. You're right. I mean, those big struggles is are, I mean, what defines players and people. And how I mean, it shapes your simple. character and how you are as a person. And exactly. it's, it's a Kipling quote at Wimbledon, triumph and disaster and meet, treat those two both the same. You really have to treat them the same. And look at poor John Isner flew over. To, he, he doesn't love clay. <laughs> He's, for sure. He would love it in It's in amazing. A he's he's in another Grand Slam. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to go. He came to the French, going to get ready for grass. But he yeah. fought his way, and he lost in five sets, and he had a chance. He was up 4-1 in that fifth set tiebreaker, and it's a 10-point mm -hmm. tiebreaker. So 4-1, it's still a long way to get to 10. And he, yeah. he got defeated today, but look how hard he fought. He's a fighter. I mean, John Isner, to me, is a, he's a true champion. He never never backs down he's so tall he must have injuries all the time i don't know i don't know him but you know he's he's very tall so he's got to you know well, and he, he's injuries. making a shorter schedule now because he still wants to play but he doesn't want to get hurt as yeah. much and you know he'll be great on the grass and the hard court the hard he's looking for the summer hard court season that's right and he that's just right. had a fourth fights. baby yeah. oogie Ooh, him and that. andy murray are tying for four kids each is that a con is that a contest or what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Guys are like, okay, I'm up one. Yeah. That's and awesome. you know, I was looking, it would be nice to see if Francis Tiafo could get through, but I'm not I don't know. I don't think he's, so. He's playing Krajinovich, which is a really tough opponent for first round, but yeah. Maybe I like Francis. Maybe. Yeah, I like hey, Francis. We, I mean, we got Stan Rawinka in the yeah. draw. There there's a lot of good players. So I'm gonna lead you into right now. We had picks, you know. We had picks yeah. back then for the for the French. I we I think I had Taylor Fritz, and he's yes. playing Michael Mo. So okay. two Americans clashing in the first round, and then you had you had Tiffo, right for for mm -hmm. men. So we're so gonna who, see who was gonna. Yeah, who are your picks going into the second week? After well, of course. Wait, we got to say Djokovic hasn't even played, and he's talk about a master of adaptability. I know well, we're talking about Nadal, but Djokovic, look how he's adapted throughout the years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's adapted and he's adapted a lot of things. You know, he's, he's uh, strengthening for, for, you know, physical, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of stretching through two, three times a day, you know, mentally uh, coaching, resourcing, and he's doing a lot of those changes. Yeah, using so we're, we're going to see him. He, he didn't really have a great clay season, but hey, it's a grand slam. Let's right. see. Let's see what magic he's going to bring. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And uh, I've got some little, uh, little, uh, you know, upset news for him. I, I, I know. Get so I, you got to tell me now that I mentioned him and he hasn't played his first round yet. But so if we're going to look to the second week, because we yep. kind of were talking a little bit the first week mm -hmm. and, and we're going to add in the women here. But yeah. the men right now are a little more exciting to me. I know last week I kind of said the women were boring. Look, the women are stepping up. It's just I feel like let's go with the men first. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is going to make it through the semi to the semis? Well, I, I've got I've got as this semifinal, which is uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I've got Carlos Alcaraz, of course, is going to make it through. He's going to okay. be in the semis. Well, yeah, we haven't even talked about good old Carlitos. Yeah, but you know we can't talk about him every week. Yeah, he because... hasn't played yet either. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So I'm seeing him in the semis. And how about and this? He's the number one seed at the French Open. There you go. So he's got, you know, he's got some props there. And 
you know, he's going to make his make sure he gets to the semis, which is going to be tough. Okay. Of course, it's going to be tough. You know, yeah, everybody's French gunning is not for easy. him. Yeah, exactly. And, everybody's and, looking for yep. him. If they've seen him, they've seen a couple of cracks maybe in his game a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see about that. But he's going to get to the semis, and Djokovic is going to go down to Davidovich Fakina. Oh, I've got this bold prediction going on there. Oogie. Yep. Okay. This guy is a fighter. He's a okay, fighter. I so, like him. Wait, we've got Alcarez in the semis. Mm -hmm. And you're going to pick. Wait, who are you picking against Alcarez? You're going to pick Fokina? Yeah, he's going to reach the semis. Both of he's them gonna are going to get to the, the semis. semis. Okay. Yeah, the semis. Yep. What are you buddies with David Ditch Fokina or something? Alejandro. <laughs> no. We have exact. similar names. <laughs> Alejandro. That's right. Okay, so. All right. I like him. Okay, you're going big there, Ugi. Okay, so Alcarez, Davidich, Fokina. I like mm -hmm. that. All right, so my pick is... Oh, wait, who are you going to do on the other side? Well, the the, the bottom draw, I'm seeing yeah, the this young half. gun. Yeah, bottom half is going to be this awesome guy, Rune. Rune is oh, going to be Runa, there. Runa. Runa. Runa, like you're saying it. He's got He's got too much grit right now. I like him. I mean, he's got—he's got, hes okay. getting people mad to play against him. Yeah, the punk so gets, Runa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, he's the punk, and I like him. He's—he's he's he's like a fighter. punk he's rock. He's bringing punk best, rock to the, the tennis court. That's right. He's bringing the punk rock there, huh? And he's got the best two-hander in the world right now. So he's gonna get there with okay. his two-hander backhand, which is the best right now. And he's gonna play center in the semis. Oh, I like yeah. that. Center is gonna go okay. down. He's gonna—he's gonna take Medvedev out. Uh, okay. Medvedev is, you know, has played over his head for the last couple of weeks. He's won a big event, True. so he's not okay. a surface for clay. So he's going to be due to to go out. So Sanders is going to take care of that. So those are All my right. so, top four Ugi, guys. You have Alcaraz versus yeah. Davidich Fokina. Yeah. And Runa versus Sinner. Mm, I right. like that semis. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll I'll watch that. All yeah, right, we'll so see in I'm one week. Pick... When we talk again in one week, we'll in see. One if... week. Well, we'll, we'll know more with the quarters. Okay, so I'm going to pick Alcarez versus mm -hmm. I'm going to pick that he Rublev takes out Djokovic. Oh, so I like that. I'm not picking Djokovic either. Now, mm. we could both be wrong, but I kind of like Andre and what he's been doing on the clay. Yeah. And I feel like he has a shot. Mm -hmm. You're right. If he brings his game like he did at Monte Carlo, he has a shot. That's right. So I'm going to pick those two. And then on the bottom half, I have Runa as well. There you go. I got to have the punk rock guy. Come on. You got to make it through. <laughs> and It's exciting to watch. <laughs> I... I feel like Sinner is a great option, but you picked him. So I'm going to go with Medvedev. There you go. Yeah, here, the here. skinny villain. Hey, he's a great player. So he can, I mean, he's he's hungry too. He said yeah, it he today is. in the press conference. Uh, yeah, a, and I, I, it, this could be his opportunity. Look, yeah, that's what he said. in there. He said, I'm hot right now. I'm yeah, seeing it. So I'm, I'm feeling Ru it. That's Casper Root. Now, Casper Root, he got to the finals. So you can't count him out, but if you're going off of grit and caginess, mm -hmm. I'm going with Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, he's got it. And I then those are good picks. The Rune Medvedev match, I would pay to see that one. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna hopefully they play. 
That'll be yeah, nice. I know. Okay. All right. So we got the men. Okay. Women. Women are, hopefully they'll bring the entertainment this French Open. Oh, I mean, I, I hope there's not too many like 6-1, 6-2 victories or people like defaulting. We got to have some battles, or... Oogie. Yeah. Okay. We so, want to see that. So top Plus, half, you know what? who are you, you going to pick? It's going to start to me like tomorrow I'm ready. I'm ready for the Azarenka and Riescu battle. Well, okay. That's a great <laughs> battle right there. That's ready tomorrow, that. right? Is that tomorrow yeah. or Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be awesome whenever okay. they play. So and... I like that pick, but who are you going to pick for the semis? Well, got to go a little wider because, you know, those are two great players that we name, but... But they're I mean... also two great hardcourt players who haven't translated their game to clay you're right you're right because it's all about the movement mm -hmm. i'm telling you if you if you learn quickly when you're younger how to slide and hit the ball yes. on red clay you're fine i feel if like if if i knew what i knew now and was took it 15 years ago i'd be able mm -hmm. to win on clay for sure for sure because you know how many times did you slide the let's say to your forehand side, let's say how many times you slide to your forehand side and hit that shot cross court. Yeah. I mean, I got even, better at it, but it wasn't natural. You know, you had to slide through your right leg out, slide and then hit. You it know, what was the often. hardest for me was when you run and you slide through the ball. What you just said, the red clay allows you to slide through the ball. The green clay, sometimes you can slide through it. Sometimes you get stuck. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's big difference right there. Because yeah. the, the green, the green American clay, you don't know if you're gonna slide through or is it gonna yeah. stick there or so, so like you watching, hesitate a little bit. Watching Azarenka on Drescue isn't like the best clay court tutorial match to watch, but it will be sure. entertaining. <laughs> like right. today, Pagula versus they oh, were yeah. two hard quarters. Who did she play today? Yeah, it was big slap. The other around. American. I mean Daniel Collins. Collins. So it was like a hard court fest. So You're neither right. one had to bring clay court because they were both playing hard court. But Pagula was better at it on clay. Yeah, you're right. And then whenever you watch people, let's say this week and next week on, on red clay, to know if they are clay quarters, you can just tell because when they slide, how easy can they maneuver the ball? Yes. And let's say they slide and on the forehand side, they just slice it. Yeah. You know, that you don't do that on hard courts. Yeah, no. You never do that. On it's, hard courts, it's, it's, you run through the ball yeah. and you hit the ball through, yeah. you know, when you're running. But on clay court, you know, you know, you have to learn how to slide and reach and then hit that great slice sidewinder. Yeah, that's but a fun shot to that, see. Then you're a clay quarter. But yep. it's tough for hardcore people to do it. But that gets through, uh, you know, it keeps the ball low, keeps the rally going. And then sometimes you can you can even like slice it so short that sort of a drop shot. Yeah, so and then you shots, got the you yeah. Know? There's different shot selections. Okay, yeah, so exactly. who are you picking on the women's top half to make it to the semis? Oh, and by the way, another young Canadian got through. She hasn't been doing well, but she Layla Fernandez. She won mm -hmm. and saved herself from getting out of the top hundred. Well, thank God she won. That was because... a big deal. She yeah, beat she Lynette. Beat she beat a, yeah. yeah, a solid player. Yeah, solid. She was seated. So that was a good win for her. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad to see her that the way she played today because yeah. uh, I was scared like 
three weeks ago, the way she would, she got crushed against Well, she's Benchich. also not really a hard uh, clay quarter either. She's yeah. a hard quarter. Yeah, she but spent her some left, time. Her lefty yeah, she spent some time her. on clay when she was younger, but you know, yeah. in Florida and everything. But yeah, you're right. She has more of a hardcore yeah. game, hitting on the rise, as we see. You know, as we saw the U.S. Taking Open the ball early, yeah. Highlight, so you know, clean strokes, flatter strokes on the rise. So, uh, so yeah, we we'll look for that. But I've got Shuiantek and Ribakina in the semis together. That's going to be a okay. huge clash. All yeah. right. Rebecca, so Rebecca, yeah. okay. Yeah. So Rebecca, bottom half, who do you have? Well, I've, I went, you know, Sabalenka and Pagula. I didn't go far from the seeds because uh, you picked the seeds, Ugi. Yeah, you know, for women, I don't see those. There's a little separation between the seeds and the rest of the field, but you never know. So never something's going to happen for sure. Okay, yeah. so you know, we haven't been talking about Coco Golf at all, and she is seeded mm -hmm. six. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Sviantek versus Coco Goff. Ooh, you got Coco beating. Wait, I got her. No, I got Coco playing Sviantek in the quarters. I'm going to pick. Mm, I got to pick Sviantek. Okay, so I'm going to pick Sviantek versus Jabur. Ooh. That's a bold prediction right there. Because... Well, I know. She hasn't done so well, but hopefully her slice and dice and she pulls she it out. Turn it I, just, I couldn't pick Rabakina. You picked her, so I had to pick somebody else. And I like Owns. <laughs> she's yeah, nice yeah. and she's entertaining. So if we get her in, yeah. we'll get some good creative matches. Okay, we so that's the top half. The yeah. bottom half, I have... Muhova. Yeah, that's a good pick right there. Beat Sakari today. She has that big forehand. She's using it really well inside out. She's getting a lot of spin on it, which she can mm -hmm. hit through it well, but she's using it as a heavy shot. And I watched the Sakari Muhova match and she took Sakari out of her own game because Sakari likes to use her forehand. And so yeah. she was having to hit more backhands. And that was not a good thing. And Muhova's serve looked really good today. Now, her brain and her mental toughness, can she get through? I think so. She's had runs. She's lost mm -hmm. some points this year and last year, but she's beaten top players. So I'd like to see her get through. I like her game. Then I'm going to go with, you picked Sabalenka. Everybody's picking Sabalenka. She's, she's hot right now. She's playing really. She is she's hot. Playing really well. She's confident. Her but big I'm game is. Go, she's on. Yep. She is on. I, I'm going to go. I I know I mentioned this to you before, and she doesn't have a lot of weapons, but she's cagey and she plays defensive well, and she can hit through it. And if we get some heavy conditions, she could drive some people nuts. Mm. I'm going to go with Casakina. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she's got great hands. You're right. She can play well. She could. You know who else could sneak in? And I love it. We talked about her maybe two podcasts ago. Sloane Stevens. Oh, Sloane. If we could get what? Sloane on the train of being focused the whole way through and giving 100% intensity, then I could pick her to go to the semis. You, you know, know, I'll tell you in two days if you players. can pick her because her first round is she's <laughs> playing know. Pliskova. That's tough. It's That's tough. That's a huge but match But it right is there. red clay, Ugi. Yeah, you never know. He has a shot. Yeah, you're right because even Pliskova, she has she has a hardcore game. So Yeah, she does. 
but Casakina, you know, she could throw in the drop shot. She could do that <laughs> slice. She can do oh, yeah. those high balls. You're right. Sabalenka is hot right now. And she is, what you said, playing her game and her yeah. style of tennis and suiting it to each surface. Exactly. So that's the best pick that you had. But I got a th- I had to throw in something different. You're right. All right. So that's awesome. This will be fun to keep our eye on. It's always yeah. fun when a Grand Slam is on. It, it, if you're not there, it's fun to watch. It's more fun when you're there, obviously. Yeah, you're right. We've got but, a couple of sleepers there, maybe. You know, yeah, we, we got, got some sleepers. You never know. And now Ben Shelton could go on the grass and get his lefty serve working and his volley. And now he has a lot of prep time for the first warm-up tournament to Wimbledon. You're right. And he's going to listen to our podcast and he's going to play well next year because he's going to play his game more. <laughs> I, I I got to send it to him. <laughs> get out of Melbourne. Yeah. yeah like, uh, like Serena's mom would say. Yep. All right. So, so I know we go. got... We got to talk a little pop sport news, Oogie. I know you saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. What's your rating? One out of 10. 10 you know being what? the best. You know what? Your kid was right. Whoever really? said that it was a 7 out of 10, he's right on. Okay. You know, I'm gonna, he's going to be, yep. He's going to be so happy. He's going to be you like, yeah, I him. know. Okay. I'll yep. tell him 7 out tell of 10. Tell him it's, it's a 7, not a 7.5. It's a 7 it's out of 10. A 7. Okay. I'm going to write that down. I was expecting more. I was expecting more. So yeah, I'm a little bit on the downside there. Well, but, that's okay. You know what? I saw Shazam. Oh, I know you wanted to see that. That's on my list oh. too. Did you see the new one or the first one? The new one. The Fury gods, of the Gods. Fury of the Gods. Exactly. Okay. What's yeah, your rating Helen, on that? With with Helen Mirren mm-hmm. and Lucy Liu, the two bad girls. Mm-hmm. It, that was a nine out of 10. I'm going to tell you right what? now. It was huge. It was huge. Okay. Wait, you're giving big. Shazam you a nine oh, yeah. out of 10 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a seven. That's right. See how good of a critic I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it, Oogie. You know, a lot of times whenever you you have, you know, um, you have uh, expectations. Mm-hmm. When you go into a movie with expectations, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> so I was expecting great stuff from Guardians, and I was a little bit down. And then I was expecting nothing out of Shazam, and I was like, "What? What's going on? This, that, there? That's so everywhere. funny." Okay, I'm Seriously, now going to have to watch that. Actions. It's on yeah. my HBO Max. So I I have it clicked on my list. Okay, I got to watch those two. It just came I... out on Crave, so yeah, I was able to watch it. Cool. Okay, I watched Air. The Michael oh, yeah, Jordan right. movie about Nike Air and the Nike Jordans. Mm-hmm. Really good. I would highly, highly suggest it. And it was very cool because I used to be sponsored by Nike. And as a Nike athlete, you get invited to Portland to yeah. the Nike campus. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see the 1980s when they brought in Michael Jordan, which it was so 80s with the carpet and the darkness and it just wasn't modern, but they had the banner, welcome Michael, and they've carried that tradition on. So every athlete that goes and visits the campus, they actually have flagpoles with your name on them all oh, across the campus, which is super cool. So I got to do that. And then when I met Phil Knight, Ben Affleck played him very well. Phil, Phil kind of talks in soliloquies Mm-hmm. that's the right word for it where it's it's not a riddle but it's like esoteric and like nature and and vast and and i remember he came to wimbledon 
to watch me play the semis against Lindsay Davenport, which I unfortunately lost, but he came up to me after because Nike had cut me as a junior. They mm -hmm. didn't sponsor me and they didn't believe in me. And he apologized and he told Indeed. me I had a big game and it would break through and he was sorry. And could I come back to Nike? <laughs> Can you believe wow. that? That's a pretty cool story, huh? So that he is flew a great over, story. He flew Jeez. over on a private jet to ask me back to Nike. And to apologize. That's huge. Yeah. Wow. And I, I said, I, well, I, I, that's why I wore a Nike hat because I knew that I should be with Nike. <laughs> I wore a Nike hat. Yeah. So I wore a dress I bought off the rack. You're right. Just a plain white dress. And then, yeah. but I wore my Nike hat just to stick it to them because I mm -hmm. knew that I was good yeah. and I felt like I should be wearing the Nike hat. <laughs> and he that's noticed. Awesome. You so, were, ah, I noticed. And then I was like, that's a confident, confident yeah. so athlete right there. That was, it was a fun movie to see just because I had met Phil Knight and knew him a bit and to see how they got Michael Jordan and, and then what Michael Jordan became obviously is Jeez. greatest when, athlete of all time and yeah. most competitive. And yeah, it was a good little history movie on how he came to Nike. So I would suggest that one. And, you know, you Little Mermaid. Yeah, I have a rating. Out of 10, I'm going to give a nine out of 10. Ooh, that was yeah. very good then. I'm giving it wow. a nine out of 10. It was good. And Matt Damon was very good as Sonny. Yeah. He was he a really good, actors. and he got really chubby too, but he, he carried it well. That was wow. the whole point. He was supposed to be kind of overweight and not healthy. <laughs> but That's so tough for actors to do that, right? No, because he I mean, is not chubby. And then they... Take it off. They're and... like athletes, Oogie. They have to train and then they have to train to be overweight. Except athletes, we can never be overweight, right? I mean, look at that. I mean, but like Brendan Fraser to, whenever yeah. we, we row. Sometimes they have to go the other way instead of being yeah. lean and mean. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I very excited. Big. Little Mermaid came out Friday. Yeah. With a black Little Mermaid. So that's oh, yeah, exciting. That's true. Yeah, the first wow. brown skinned Little Mermaid. That's got to be troubling for yeah, some kids that were like, I know. mermaid? It's not is the same. Cousin? Well, she still has red oh, no. hair. Well, you know, Oogie, all mermaids are all colors, right? If you believe there in you mermaids. So I kind of like that they did that. I haven't seen it. My uh, One of my students went to go. So I got to see that one. And I, you know oh, what wow. I'm really excited about? You're going to laugh. The Barbie movie with Margot Robbie. I'm so what? excited. She's on Never the cover Barbie of Barbie movie. Yeah, she's on the cover of Vogue this month. Mm. So they've taken the Barbie movie, right? But uh -huh. fashion has taken it and made Barbie core. Do you know what Barbie mm. core means? Nope. Okay, so Barbie core means all things Barbie, like hot pink mini dresses, like you're dressing like Barbie dolls. So wow. that's going to be the theme of the summer, Oogie. You're going to see a lot of Barbie core on women out there. Oh, so there comes Hopefully. all the, the glamour clothes for Barbies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. And pink is the new color of the summer. There's got to be it. So we got to get you some pink outfits, Oogie. Oof. I have a pink shirt when I play golf. You, you, could, you could carry off the pink shirt. There you go. <laughs> I got it. All right. Well, we covered a lot tonight. This was a lot of fun. I oh, have yeah. a really good quote for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, you ready? Does that have to do with maybe Tina Turner who passed? No. No. That's oh, sad. we got to mention, we didn't mention Tina. Thanks for bringing her up. Yeah, Tina Turner, she was 83. 
Yeah. 83 we think of as young, but she they said she died of natural causes. Look look at the music she left the world. Wow. She yeah. was huge. She and had she, such she was she was I think she had, she had a great story in her life as well, right? Yeah, well, her and Ike. And there Ike wasn't a very nice husband and then she yeah. broke free and yeah, she and then she moved to Switzerland. She lived in Switzerland the rest of her life when once she was oh. older she retired to switzerland hmm. yeah she was like in peace over there yeah in the mountains in peace and air. swiss the swiss the swiss loved her so okay nice. i have a really cool quote this is a good one because i feel like we we like to do this uh -huh. all right you are always remembered for the rules you break okay Okay, now, of course, you don't want to break big rules, but if there's little rules and, you know, people are telling you you can't do this, you always believe that you can do it, right, Oogie? You don't believe the naysayers. That. And if somebody says, go the back of the line, you go to the front of the line, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was Phil Knight who Ben Affleck played him. He said that in the oh. movie when Michael Jordan asked for well, actually, Michael Jordan's mother asked for a percentage of oh, there's got to be of the shoe line, and yeah. that was a precedent that never happened. And hmm. Phil Knight was like, "Well, I guess we're gonna break the rules. You're always remembered for the rules you break." <laughs> there you go. And I love that quote because I follow rules, but there are always bendable rules, and mm -hmm. you have to be different. You can't be a sheep and go with the flock. I love, I love Michael Jordan's mother right there. See how, was, how big of a visionary she was back then. Yeah, that she hey. asked for a percentage of the sale of the shoes. You know what? And Today do you he's know still how making much? money for sure. You know There's how so many much? shoes these days. Even I think my son has one. Yeah, Air so. Jordans make $4 billion a year. So if he gets 10% of that, add that up a year. Wow. Is that amazing? That is yeah. big. Yeah, that is big. big, isn't it? It's well-deserved as well. You know, he's the biggest icon in mm -hmm. sports, I think, you yeah. know, even today. So for yep. shoes, I mean, they play basketball shoes. Those shoes have different colors, different size, different, different everything. They're everywhere. So, so that yeah. was the quote. You're always remembered for the rules you break. Remember that, guys. Go break some rules, and break. we will see you next time. This has been yeah. Serving Aces. Thank you, Oogie. Thank you for listening, whoever is out there, and we'll see you next week. See you next week with the uh, champion between uh, the Miami Heat and Celtics tomorrow night. They're playing the seven game. It's never been there. They're breaking rules. There you They're go. They're breaking the rules, Oogie. Let's see yeah. who wins. Never never a team has been down 3-0 and came back in the NBA playoffs. And tomorrow night, the Celtics of Boston can do it. So they can go all the way back from 3-0 down. And then they're at home tomorrow night. So we'll have to see about that and talk about it next week. Yep, for sure. All right. Bye for now. Take care, Alex. Bye-bye.